Hey guys, welcome to episode 14 of Next on the Platform. This week I'm on and I'm joined by Kevin Papa. Uh, most of you know him as the owner of 110%. Uh, he's joined me this week to talk about the company and his training and all the things that have been going on recently. Uh, how, are you, how are you today, man? I'm doing great. Um, it's been a long day so far, but I'm actually excited to, to be a part of this. So are you right now, you're in the what looks like a basement. Is this your home gym? Yeah, this is my home gym. So oh, during yeah. quarantine, I mean, actually before quarantine, I bought the TSS and I got very lucky because somebody sold me secondhand the uh, illegal plate. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was useful during quarantine, but I'm, I'm grateful for it. What do you think of the TSS rack? Because I've heard mixed feelings from like Sean and stuff like that. I love it. I, I mean, I've had a chance to use most racks. I haven't used the Go Strong rack that often, but um, to me, it's it's really lightweight. Um, it's sturdy. It's it's not as expensive as the other ones. And honestly, I don't like the overbuilt. Like, I don't like the Rogue rack because mm. once it's in this position, it's there forever. So like, mm. I can move this around. The one thing is the 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 seat is terrible. So I put a Rogue. I have a fat pad on it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the, the bench itself looked very like thin and kind of rough from what I've seen at least. They're just, they're too, I don't want to say slippery. Yeah. They're just not good material for, mm. for what you're getting for the rack. I think it's, they could, if they do one thing, they could fix that. Mm. Okay. Um, well, uh, yeah, no, cause I have a, I have a combo as well and it's like a little bit too big and, and cause it's one of the cheaper ones. So you can't really move it around and it's not, uh, but uh, I'd love to get a good one. Um, what, what rack do you have? What it's, a, it's a Verve rack. So it's like an Australian brand. Um, I'm not, you probably, you probably don't have it in over there, but yeah, no, it's, it was, I paid like uh when quarantine first started i paid like 2000 for it which is um less for you probably like 1700 but yeah no it's a good rack it's a good for the home gym but yeah i'd uh, i'd love to have one of the other racks um one of the things that i saw blow up on the internet recently was obviously the 110 event um and i had liam on uh two weeks ago and he he told me a little bit about his experience there he um just failed like a huge deadlift and and even his last warm-up sort of broke the internet like the 675 or whatever very strong dude um but i want to know more about how the the event came about and sort of who was there because we really didn't get to talk too much about it um so i don't it sounds weird but i don't really believe in advertising the traditional sense i think one thing that's very cool is doing promotions like this because you bring a lot of a lot of the my athletes that leave that at least that live in this area together and uh, we just have a lot of fun and it's a cool way to just um, highlight a gym and just provide the energy, let people try new, like I have new, uh, new flavors coming out. So let my athletes try the flavors. And um, I have a really good production team with Ray and uh, it was just, it's just very fun. Mm. I've, yeah, no, um, with the way you advertise, it's kind of like uh, more relying on the, the, and like you said, the athletes uh, and their honest opinions about it. Cause I see, um, I see with the the guys that I follow 110 everywhere. Like everybody is posting about it on their story. Uh, I've heard only good things about it. And I'm, and it's, it's honestly one of the first times that I've seen only good things about pre-workout. Cause like, obviously as someone who's tried quite a few in Australia, I have opinions about it and they'll have, you know, it'll be too, it'll be strong, but the flavor is no good or vice versa. And 110% seems to be like bang on. I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. It's something, it's a, first of all, what, what, what pre-workouts do you have out there? Do you have, um, um, we've got like a ghost. I know you guys have ghost in like cans and stuff. We've got a, a powder, uh, uh, disorder. Um, cool. I heard of that. not really, honestly, not any, like we don't have gorilla mine. We don't have 110. We don't have 
you know, some of the, and some of the ones that I see on Instagram, I've never heard of. So I think there is quite a difference between Australia and America, but I'm not too sure. Okay. Interesting. I have, I'll have to send you some, mm. but um... I, man, I'd love, like, you know, we spoke about this um, and I, we had this discussion about the shipping to Australia and obviously cause the product itself is quite heavy. Uh, we couldn't, it just wasn't going to work yet with, cause buying one was going to cost so much to ship. Um, is there, have you made progress on the shipping and stuff? Cause obviously I'd love to try some. So to be honest with new areas like that, like the UK, uh, so, some people in Japan, um, what I try to do is find a trusted individual and I don't mind doing consignment or even sending, if you have a gym in your area that, you know, you know, does good traffic. I have no problem sending Cubs out, taking a chance, um, and seeing how much the customs cost, seeing all that. I'd rather get the product in people's hands. Um, because a positive, even if I break even, but you guys all love it, it's still positive influence. And with the, with the, with the internet, it doesn't matter. You're not localized anymore. If people love it in a certain area, almost everyone knows about it. If there's a, you know, a big name in that, in that region. So, um, it's, I have no problem sending you some out, mm. but no, to answer I, your question. No, you go, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you go. No, to answer your previous question. Um, what makes one thing great is, uh, the fact that, you know, I'm not, I didn't do it for profit. It's, 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 I think the formula is one of the best on the market and I was using it myself for four years before I even made it into a pre-workout. So, um, I think it's more like a, at the end of the day, like people just, people find a lot of uses for it, parallel thing, bodybuilding or anything. So I'm, so it turned, it was a, it was your personal, um, pre-workout that you like just made for yourself and you just saw an opportunity to turn it into what is now a company. Is that how it started? So, okay. So when I was, I started lifting when I was 16, I, I apologize because it's gonna be a long story. No, please uh, do. But, uh, please tell no, it. No, I know. But, uh, um, it's, so I started lifting at 16. I was more of a, like a bro lifter kind of lifting every day, more like whatever I wasn't sore. Um, and I would take, I was a big assault uh, muscle farm guy. I liked Jack, original Jack 3D, but taking it for multiple days, I would get tired. It would just hit me weird. So I don't know who it was in my life, but someone introduced me to a, a website called NutriVitaShop.com, which is bulk supplements. Um, you get creatine for like two pounds for like $9. So I just did the research and I looked into, um, you know, what, what studies had been done, what research had been done on, on specific ingredients and what to provide, like, what was I paying for specifically off that site that would make my, my workout better. And I realized that most pre-workouts had like most ingredients were either underdosed. They just weren't, they just weren't there. Um, they were just throwing stimulants in there. So I made my own and I didn't start it. I didn't start it initially to make money. It was really just like my Rolls Royce of pre-workout, like what I wanted in a pre-workout. But like, I'm not a big guy. I'd go to the gym. My friends would be like, wow, you look pumped, dude. You come in small and you, you, call, you leave, you're like, you know, you look big or like, you know, I'd have a three hour workout and feel good. So I knew I had a good formula. And then along the way, I just kind of um, realized that I had something that could be made into a product. And uh, I think that's why it's special. It wasn't done to make a profit. It was made solely for performance. Um, and I'll worry about that stuff after. Because like, and I, uh, I've seen it pop up more and more like in the last it's hard to like remember when I think about the first time I saw 110 on someone's Instagram, like I can't nail it for sure, but I'm thinking in the last eight to 12 months, uh, before, you know, when I first started seeing it, um, it's cool that it came from you like as a person and it wasn't some big supplement com uh, company. Cause I know, like you said, companies will put stuff on the label, but they've way underdosed it and it's just on there to sell, to increase the price, to sell more. Um, but this one came from what is obviously a trusted source, which is what you've been using, which I think is sick. But I do 100% agree that there are a lot of companies and I see in Australia where um, 
like I said, with the I've had bad experience with pre, people they'll put stuff on the packet. You in theory, you look at this pre workout and it's like, okay, and I, I I know nothing about dosages, but you look at the ingredients and I've heard all the names, I've heard good things about them. I'm like, okay, this must be a pretty good one, and then you try it and it's like, I fall asleep half an hour after taking it. So it's, um. Yeah, so it's uh, like I'm obviously really keen to try it eventually, but yeah, I've definitely had some bad experiences to the point where I just take Monster and like caffeine tablets now because I just can't justify spending so much because, you know, over here it might be, it's like 50 to $75 for a pack um, and it could that could be 25 to 40 servings, somewhere in there. Um, so it can be pretty expensive for sometimes a pretty lame pre-workout. And so, you know, it, I'd rather just buy a can of 3D or, you know, have Monster and tablets, So, which is sad because I really enjoy it. It's like that, uh, the feeling of having pre and, and the like the kind of nostalgia. Like if I try a pre-workout that I used to take two years ago, that like nostalgia comes back and the feeling. So like it's a whole, and I think I spoke uh, on last week's episode to Josh, um, it's not just like for the caffeine. It's a it's like a ritual, and it like puts you into uh, the environment to train and all that sort of thing. So it can be just more than simply like uh, a stimulant. Um, I love it. Mm. It's like a it's it's a it's a it becomes a part of your routine. Mm. Like you're in the car, you take your pre workout, you feel it. It's like it's like a, an extra ten percent on top of what you know your nutrition, your diet, everything else. And it's mm. it's a, it's awesome. I feel like it's like become so um commercialized though i feel like there are some great brands out there there really are but it's sad that you have um you know it's all profit really like mm. you don't have a lot of good formulas surprisingly but it's because i don't know how it is in australia but it's because in order to make money uh from a relatively unknown place you have to wholesale it you have to get it out to gnc and all the places so unfortunately you have to make your margins as such that you can sell it for 50 percent to gnc and still make a profit on it so the industry itself is kind of ruined it's ruined before it gets to the consumer mm. so that's why you support the small brands. Mm, that's exactly. How did you like? Because obviously, that's not what you wanted to do. You didn't want to go through that whole like a, a second man sort of thing and sell it through them. How did you? So like, you decided you want to sell through Instagram. Uh, how did you start picking? Because now I see quite a few people have a, a discount code f- for you, and obviously that's how they advertise. Uh, how you advertise. So like, how did you decide that you wanted to go? through that and stay away from those wholesalers so i actually hate for the record i hate the the idea of discount codes i like people get it i wish there was a way to do it and get people commission without having to like flash in people's face if that makes sense Mm. so i actually try to get my athletes um tubs in person so that they can sample it out to people things like that because i rather face to face let someone try it because there's so many brands out there um and to be honest i just don't think traditional advertising works I don't think there's no point a pre-workout very little people are going to want it so i'd rather go to the source and to be honest if you're growing a business in 2021 use social media in a in a good way in a, in a smart creative way use it because it's free you have people's eyes you know exactly where people are looking every single day and all it takes is just taking the the time out to individual like speak to every single person you can and ask their opinion give them the product ask their opinion and it sucks at first but it's it, it grows trust and it's the only way to build a brand because otherwise you're just, you're, you're, you're bastardizing your original concept to make it cheap enough so that you could sell it to GNC or to vitamin shop or to wherever. And you're not even getting, most of those products are terrible. 
it's 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 scary that people buy them because they just don't know any better and and there's a lot of not bad like dangerous stuff but it's just you're wasting your money mm. there's, some, um, there's some crazy ones over here like i saw one recently it was uh 70 australian dollars so i don't know what that's probably high 50 dollars for you guys um for like 25 serves and i don't know what most people pay for their pre and that sort of thing but if i'm going to spend 70 bucks i want more than 25 serves you know and so and and at the end of the day i hadn't even tried that pre before so am i going to risk it and because you know, if you don't have, like, we don't have that big powerlifting culture in Australia like you do. So I can't just try this pre-workout. I can't just go and speak to the company like people came with you and just ask for a sample or ask to, you know, hang out and try it. So it's a huge risk over here to buy a pre-workout. Um, and even then, like, it's word of mouth, you know, my friend who trains, he might like something that I don't. So it's like you take this massive risk and then you might not even finish the tub because it might not even be that good. And that's happened to me. And that, you know, that's one of the things that really turned me away from it as well. It's interesting. What was it called? Verb? No, so that's the, that's the combo rack brand, but the pre-workout in Australia, um, we have like disorder ghost, um, some local, more local, but quite a few local brands actually. Now that I think about it. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I, we have. We have a couple brands in here. Like I, I, C4 is one that like, I just don't know how people can take it and enjoy it. Um, you just don't know any better. There's, there's a C4, I think it's ultimate. That was like 80 bucks for like 20, 20 servings. It's ridiculous. And mm. you shouldn't have to pay for that because you could buy, you could buy on bulk. You could do a day of research and find the proper dosages for five ingredients, make your own bulk supplement and actually know what you're taking. And it's just, I don't like the way like a pre-workout is weird because you have to, you have to like all the, the ingredients and the dosages that they come in, if that makes sense. Like sometimes you'll find a good brand, but they'll have 500 milligrams or 400 milligrams of caffeine. And it's like, I don't want to take this much. So it's nice to be able to customize it. So it's just interesting that people um, choose to buy things that it's, it's a waste of money, but they just, mm-hmm. I, that's why I try to educate consumers because even if you don't buy my product, there are other brands out there that are, that are valuable and that are good. Um, and it's, I'd rather see someone actually use the right ingredients than, than, crash two hours after going to the gym or feel like crap or not sleep because they're taking the wrong thing or just don't know any better Mm. one of the things like uh, you mentioned the caffeine dosage i have a mate and because obviously everyone's different and the caffeine tolerance is crazy different so i have a mate you know we take the same thing i barely even feel hyped up during working out and he will crash almost straight after lifting so like very different tolerances um what like first of all what is how many milligrams of caffeine is in yours 250 250 and so like how did you pick like how did you find that right because obviously there's like the too much caffeine where it has the opposite effect or not enough where it's not enough so how did you like find that happy medium so a couple things one um i believe there's a, a, a an upper threshold for when people start to feel gastrointestinal or like stomach issues or any of that stuff and it's around 250 milligrams also people are going to want to double scoop. There just are. Sometimes you have those heavy days and I wanted to make it a number where you could double scoop and it's not 700 milligrams of caffeine. Mm. Um, to be honest, I'm not a big stim guy. There's a, there's a point of diminishing return with caffeine. And if I have to lift five days in a, you know, three days in a row, I don't want to be taking that much. So, um, the cool thing about 110 is the theanine and tyrosine in it that kind of, I don't want to say it dulls the effects of the caffeine, but it, you, it, it's almost crash proof. You don't crash from it. You can double scoop. You're not going to feel that blunt effect of the caffeine. And honestly, a lot of times when you feel that it's a spike, you feel it for 20 minutes and then halfway through your opening, you know, 
exercise, you're already like, you don't feel it anymore. So it's a nice steady um, way to go. I, mm -hmm. I think 250 is really the perfect number. But like you said, you know, what's funny is the one thing I find is that caffeine is so subjective. I have one person that take it, can take half a scoop and hallucinate and have another one who takes two scoops and they don't feel anything. <laughs> it's weird. It's very weird. It's why I'm making a, a nootropic stim-free pre-workout because you know what? Let people decide. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting that you point that out because it's such a hard thing to nail because everybody likes a different number. So, and uh, one of the other things is like, if, so let's say you get the, the dosage right, um, the flavor, like I, I've spoken to one of my, actually my coach, he said he used to just make his pre-workout because like you said, it's cheaper and you can pick it yourself and it's made for you. But he said, you know, and he's not, you know, he, he's just doing this for his own training. He said he can't get the flavor right and it's disgusting. Uh, I don't know if he does it anymore and probably not because of the flavor thing, but like, what is the process of, okay, I have the dosages for this, this, and this. And most pre-workouts honestly taste average or, or worse. How did you differentiate from that and sort of make a pre that from what I've heard tastes really good? I got a little lucky because as your friend can attest to, uh, it, they it tastes horrible. It's, it's, I can remember, like I laugh remembering driving in the car and having like red beet powder mixed with supplements. And it's such a citrusy, tart, sour taste. I would add honey to it. You can't get it right. But the beautiful thing about it is by doing that for five years, I know exactly how it tastes. And thus I knew what flavor profiles to do. Now I have a great team at NutriCap. They do a fantastic job helping me with the, with the flavors. They have a great flavor house. Um, but it was, it was because I knew what that tasted like and how bitter and, and just citrusy almost it was, it was easy to pick flavor profiles that matched that existing foundation and thus almost were masked by it. So like the pineapple mango we just made is perfect because it fits what is already there, but just, it, it makes it so you can drink it and you don't even know you're taking pre-workout. Yeah. That's one of the big things. Like I've had pre's that, um, they taste good, but almost by the end of it, it's like, I'm going you know, and it's sort of like, I get over the taste. So there's the, like, there's so many things now that I'm really thinking about, it, um, you know, you're like your serving size, how much does the person want to like physically be drinking per serve? And like, it is, it seems in theory, it's like, oh, you know, he's made a pre-workout, but then now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, there are actually so many things that go into it. Um, so like, when did you decide, because I want to know you made it for years and you had it yourself. Um, you eventually found a formula and you're like, is this, this is what happened. You're like, I'm enjoying it and I want other people to enjoy it. So then what was the next step after that? Um, so you could go two ways. I mean, you could build your own, I guess, like a facility to manufacture or you find a batch contractor. I found a white label. There's a white label manufacturer down in Georgia called NutriCap um, that helped me with that. And I would never, it's just too expensive to do on your own, but it's perfect because they can handle the things that, um, you know, I would never be able to, I don't have the mind for it. Let me focus on the formula. Um, they're tested. It's, it's, it's safe. It's great. You know, my, my product is, is, is clean. Um, but the first step I really took. So the hard part with this, if you really want to make your own formula is, um, is the, the cost per tub to manufacture is so expensive. So you, you start with an initial batch, but you have to give a lot of it away for free. So I didn't want to do it for a long time, but I just one day basically saved my money and just, uh, and, and put it into it. And, I tried to do as big of a batch as I could. So it was cheaper because I knew I would have, get, have to give product away for free. And that was really the secret to it because people tried it and loved it. And um, I think we gained a lot of traction. And yeah, no, absolutely. You have, um, is there, was there like a first few people, customers or like, you know, who sort of like really picked it up for you at like right at the beginning? 
Um, I met Alex Sidor pretty early. I mean, I think, I think because I was already a trainer and I was in the industry already, I had a good like base of people who liked me and were like, all right, I'll try the product. I mean, we, so it's an eight week product, uh, um, um, production level, um, uh, lead time. I mean, so we started around late in late January when coronavirus was just rumbling. So I got the product like three days into COVID, like in my house or, or, you know, ready to be shipped. So it was a unique challenge early on. Um, but a lot of my friends really helped and it just grew, it grew organically that way. It wasn't like, I didn't have, like, I didn't hire a team to help me. It was like friends that liked the product and wanted to grow it. And that's what it's become. And yeah, I totally like, uh, let's say you went the other way and you were, uh, you know, on Instagram, you can do like sponsored ads and you had like a big photo shoot and some sort of video, whatever, like other companies do. Like, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have even followed, but now like I've seen so many people who like speak highly of it. And like you said, it's organic, it's fresh, it's nice to see people selling a product rather than the company selling the product and they're, they're sort of doing that for you. And it, one, it makes me trust, you know, because they they have no reason to say it tastes good uh, if it didn't. And then two, because it's just nice to not have something shoved in my face all the time by companies, by billboards, ads, whatever it is, it's nice to just see and obviously, because I'm a part of the powerlifting community as well, everyone else around me is like, we love this pre-workout. Uh, we we like Kevin who who runs it. Uh, he's a good guy. Like I've heard all those things, and so it's nice that you went the other way because like, I don't think you would have really got into powerlifting in as like um, got into the community to sell if you had gone to that like big branch chain way, or the other way of doing it. I, I genuinely think it's an experience. It's you're not selling a pre-workout. You're selling a, a vision and you're selling a, a, an experience. I mean, they're, they're, you're, I want people to be a part of the promos. It's a whole, it's an energy. It's not just, you know, 30 servings for $45. That's not, we're not talking about the number. I want you to enjoy it first and then make it something that the money doesn't even matter. It's just, it, it, it's, it's just, it's a, an ex, like I said, it's an experience. And, uh, you know, I love doing the promos because I genuinely don't believe like traditional advertising works. I did a couple of Instagram ads. I had 60,000 views on it and I had 12 clicks to my website because people go right over it. We become numb to actual advertising. We shut off. If you're watching TV, you're on the radio, anything you do and you hear an ad, you just tune it out. So why am I going to pay money for it? Because mm -hmm. I'm supposed to, it's stupid. I put the money, I mean, I put the product in the hands of people who are just trusted in the community. If I go to Philadelphia, I'm going to find the people that are the most trusted, the strongest people to represent my brand. And you just, you plant little seeds, different places and, and you let it grow organically. It's not about making money. It's about you focus on the product, not the, the margins, you know, and you make it as, as, as you perfect it as much as you can and you get as many people's hands as you can. And you just, it's, it, it spreads, but it has to be quality. Mm. Yeah. And like I said before, it has been spreading like crazy. I've seen it just pop up more and more. Like if I go through my stories, it's like, uh, taken pre or like 110 is this, here's a new product, blah, blah, blah. And it's, um, yeah, people seem to really enjoy it. I, um, I want to know, like when you started, you know, you said you met Alex Ador early on when, when you reached out to these guys, how do you go about, because, and this is something we spoke about on DM, there's obviously a lot of people who uh, will sell themselves a certain way in, with, the, with the thought of making money. So these, these young guys, they're all like, we'll lift a certain way, I'll post a certain way. And I'm sure there's a few that come to mind. Um, and it, they're just always looking for that next sponsorship or that next brand deal or the next discount code. Um, 
And so how do you differentiate? And it's easy, I know it's easy to, to, to tell the difference between someone who just wants a sponsorship and someone who actually cares about lifting. Um, but how do you pick and choose like the guys that you want to represent you? Honestly, that might be one of the hardest parts because you're gambling. Someone might pay off. Someone might, you might be giving free products, someone who never actually helps. And the fact that I don't meet these people in person a lot of times is it compounds the difficulty. But um, I just look for people who aren't looking for the money. I mean, I want to pay people fairly, but I also, I don't want that to begin to be the priority for like, I, I want you to love the product first. Everyone from the people who ship my product uh, to, you know, the people at my post office, when I drop the products off to, you know, my photographer, everybody has tried the, the uh, one time. So they know what the vision is, is about. And it's just about pe- finding people who, who find me first, almost, I don't really try to solicit and, and, and go out and message people usually. Um, but it, it's, it's difficult because you really don't know um, if it's going to pay off and you want to be a nice guy. It's hard to tell somebody no. And, you, you know, but for every thousand lifters are, there's one Alex Sidor you know, there's one Heather Connor, there's one of those people. And, um, it's just about being a real human. Like you had said, you had alluded to earlier where it's about being a real human, not about being like, like the, the slim Jim Instagram account. You know what I mean? Where there's just like these companies trying to, to, to blend in and become enmeshed in the industry. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm thinking like, uh, you put on your story a week or so ago. I thought it was quite funny. Um, you said something about, I can't remember exactly. You said something about, don't follow me on my personal expecting to get something from 110. And I, and I just laughed because when I had, and you know, before we spoke, I had imagined that um, because your brand is growing so quickly and so organically, um, there would be dudes trying to hop on now. Cause, and I can see it blowing up as well. Like to be completely honest with you, um, I can see it blowing up. So is there quite a few younger dudes who are like, please, you know, can I have a code? Can I do this and that? And like, how do they, cause I find it interesting. Like how do they, and I'm sure they jump into your DMS, but like, what's the, the strategy to try and get a sponsorship out of you? It's honestly, it's usually pretty shallow. There's never many creative cause you're pretty creative. I might give you a chance and I have, but like, usually it's people that are just like, it's usually like, Hey, your product is amazing. Your vision's amazing. And then the first question I ask is, have you ever tried the product? No. Yeah. So there's mostly people who just see the vision. They don't want to hop on, like you said. So it's, it's, it's just, it, it, you, I get inundated weekly with it, but it's a good thing because it means that the, the, the movement is growing and it means that people are seeing it. So I'm okay with it, but there really is no process. I, I don't really have a, a process to, to picking people. I don't, I don't try to, um, I don't try to force it, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of people that do, um, especially young guys that want to be a part of the part of the brand. But um, I, 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 I don't know. It's very difficult to, to, to initially see who is really like going to help me build a brand. Who's not, who's just there for the clout. Mm. You see a lot of it in this industry. That's what's yeah. Um, you actually sent me that DM yesterday. I don't know if I want to name names, but, um, the, the clout lifting, especially recently, like it must be the rise of more and more companies doing discount codes and this and that. And it's like, people will do anything for clicks. Like I commented on a post yesterday of, one of the just and some of the people watching will know who I'm talking about. There was a post yesterday and probably a post every other day before that from one certain lifter. And it's just crazy. Like you it's the worst case of clout lifting and like I see it all the time. Um where it's just so transparent to me. Like these people who often do have discount codes, some of them, 
and all they want to do is get you to click on their post. Not because you you know there's no like I'm proud of myself. Here's a post. It's like look at the thumbnail I used. Look at all the people in this video. Look who I tagged. Uh, you know everyone else re reposting it. And I just get so sick and tired of it. And and so that's like why I was especially happy to see you your brand with like just an Instagram story. And it might be Alex being like loving the 110 pre 110 pre. It's like great. That's all you have to say. I don't need some huge posts with like, you know, um, and all this clout lifting, all that bullshit. And I'm glad that you stuck with people like Alex and people like Sean and whoever else. I can't keep track of how many there are, but they're all, they're all good people and they don't do that. Like, uh, that, you know, just that fake bullshit on Instagram because there is so much of it. Well, I feel like we become experts at like sniffing through that bullshit and we see it. You see it. I actually, like I said, didn't want to do discount codes because I think it's so disingenuous. It's just so fake. So I try to find, you know, indirect ways. Like if you have work until six and you get home and you're tired and you take pre and you feel good and you work out, I want to hear that. That's testimonial to me. That matters. I want that to be on the story. I don't want like, oh, it's flash sale going on. It's stupid. I'd rather do cool promos and shoot videos and like capture an emotion, not just like, like again, sell a pre. It's, it's not, you're excelling an experience, not just this simple product. Um, and I have the best team around me. It, people always tell me how great I did. And you know what? It's not because of me. I will, I will say, always say it. It's because of the team around me. I could not have done this by myself. Uh, and I have an amazing group of people and it's only growing. So um yeah, I, I, it's cool to hear you talk about also like, uh, you know, how much you see the, the product on the Insta, on Instagram because it means we're doing our job. I'm not advertising, I'm not paying for any of that. So it's it's really just like, well, I'm paying for my athletes, but it's it's uh, it's rewarding to hear that it, you see good things about it too. Hmm. The discount code to the, me. I've, no, you go, go sorry, go on. I was gonna ask you, what is the what is the Australian like power thing scene? Like are there power thing gyms out there? Do you so, just make you have? Yeah, so I, I'm in, I'm on the Gold Coast, so um. Uh, about an hour from Brisbane, one of our cities. And so uh, there was a gym about 15 minutes from my house, but COVID shut it down. So now there's a, a gym, Zero Weakness, uh, Thomas Lilly. I'm not sure if you know of him. Uh, like Will Crozier, like big right. dudes. So they train there and Thomas owns it. Um, and it's about half an hour away. So it's not. It's honestly not that far, but it's on one of our main highways with credible traffic. So I don't actually go there that often. I have the home gym as well. Um but the powerlifting scene is kind of like, like to be completely honest with you, I'm more in the American junior scene than I am in the Australian scene because, well, one, because powerlifting is bigger in America. And so there's, you know, names like Alex Aiden, anyone that I've spoken to on this podcast, essentially, I'm more in that scene. I know more about what's going on, the drama, you know, whatever it is. Like I'm, I'm more in the American scene than I am Australian, uh, but I would love to see uh, more over here, you know, I had, uh, Toby on the podcast. He's one of the Australian teens. I had Lockie and Ryan, they're Australian as well. Um, but yeah, it's just not as big as America. And so we have the gyms, we have competitions, we have four or five federations, but it's just, and just like any sport, really, it's not quite as big as America. Um, but I mean, I, hopefully uh, I'm going to have some more Australians on here and I want to help them grow, uh, as on Instagram and all that sort of thing, because I want to see, like, as as a part of the community, it makes me sad that we don't have that, you know, like, for example, there would never be a 110% event at one of the gyms in Australia. There would gotcha. never be a company like what you have going, do something like that here. So, um, 
yeah, we have comps, but it sort of it stops there kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely not the the atmosphere that you guys have over there, and I'm I'm envious of it honestly. Like, I would love to come on a holiday and just travel around and you know do whatever and just train with whoever um, because that's how much better it is. Well, at least looking from the outside, that's how it looks. You know, it might be it might be just one of those things. The grass is greener, but that's just how it seems to me. That's really cool. That's good to hear. I mean, it's always there's always a chance for growth, though. I, that just means that we have to get one ten over there and we have to do some kind of event. Oh man, honestly, like there's probably plenty because I know the guys here look up to the the lifters over in America, all of you guys. So it's like they everyone here would have seen it. It would have just been a matter of went onto the website. Oh, sh- look, the shipping is expensive, so I'll just right. wait or whatever. Like the same thing that happened with me, like when we spoke about it. So. Um, yeah, there's definitely a scene, a big enough scene in like powerlifting gyms around here that you could walk in with 10 tubs and probably sell most of them. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of like, uh, you know, because we've like speaking from experience, I sort of feel like I'm not a part of it because I'm over gotcha. here because we don't have, so it's, um, you know, for example, if I, if I had seen, uh, I can't even think of one, but say a big Australian name, if I had seen them advertising it. I would feel like more a part of it, like to be honest. Uh, but yeah, obviously there's got to be some sort of solution with the the uh, the bulk price of shipping in that. But we can, and I'm sure eventually you'll figure out how to um, sort of I'll, get around that. I'll find a way. Yeah. I want it to go global. We'll have it. I mean, the goal would be to, to find a, all I would have to do is find a warehouse somewhere out in Australia and ship it and just, but it would just matter. It'd be a matter of um, how much interest there is. But I have a couple, had a couple orders in Australia, so that is promising. Hmm. No, for sure. Um, I want to go back to, I think we skipped straight past it, the event that you held. So like, I want to know because that's something that I've never seen before. How did you, did you just message everyone? Okay, let's all go to this gym at this time. We're going to do like, what was the, what was, how did it come about? So I have a guy I went to high school with. I was lucky enough to go through, I didn't go through grade school, but high school with uh, Ray, who's a fantastic editor and uh, videographer. So if you look at the Instagram, we did a couple promotions. We've done a couple small ones. COVID hit. We weren't really able to do one. Uh, Colin Whitney in Philadelphia let us uh, use uh, Parabell, but it was smaller. Um, this one, I just wanted to advise as many people as I could. Um, we have a beautiful gym called Iron Revolution down in Howell, New Jersey. Um, it's a bodybuilding gym, but there's there's a lot of there's a couple uh, pieces of powerlifting equipment. Um, so I brought, I disassembled and brought my rack, and we basically rented the gym out from eight o'clock onward on a on a weekend and. Um, I, I try to get as many diverse people as I could to come into it. Um, different power, bodybuilders, powerlifters, just make a make it like for that one night, get as many people in that room as I could. Um, and I think we succeeded for the most part, um, especially in the times that, that we're in. Um, but the crazy thing is that promo is just, that's C-roll footage. We have a lot more coming. There's That's not even close to it. That's the cool part is being able to, again, like I hate ads. I hate watching an ad. It's stupid. I want to make it so that you enjoy the things that I'm putting out. So you actually stop to click a story or video and, and it's, it's rewarding. Mm. No, like, and I said it before, I, I love the way that you've done it. Um, just because those ads are super annoying. Um, but yeah, no, the event was sick. I saw like, uh, Liam and his brother were there and I don't know who else was there that I would have known. I think Alex, maybe was he there? Sean Mills was there. Weez was there. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, the powerful peach. Um, Tim Thibodeau was there. Uh, Ali Weinberg. There was a, there was a good amount of powerlifting athletes. Um, I don't have a good bodybuilding team yet, but 
we're actually possibly if the capacity increases over the summertime, we're going to do another one and hopefully at Iron Revolution. But I'd like to open it to the public. Um, I'd like to do something where we film our own promo like from like 10 to two and then do something where we invite people from the outside. Because again, I want the experience to be shared. I don't want to just be like this exclusive, like shut the door. Sorry, you can't be a part of it. Whenever I come in the gym to rent it, whoever's there already can be a part of it. That's the whole point. The whole concept is to bring people mm -hmm. in. So I think we capture the energy. And like the, the thing is like with advertising, you can feel that it's, a, it's, it's filmed in a studio somewhere. This stuff is actually filmed with people lifting and there's some kind of like captured lightning in a bottle that you don't get if it's fake. Mm -hmm. um, if you have one plate on it and they just zoom in on the photo, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's cool when you see someone hit a PR and you get it on video and it's, it's able to be translated into this with music. It's, it's really rewarding. Mm, no, that was, that was one of the best, uh did it, did you get a, quite a few orders after that like did it sort of did it help the way you wanted to because i saw like that many reposts and stuff of it and it would have been like a great like you said it was a great way to do it well so I, like i said before to you my my form of advertising my my definition of advertising is simply to just to get somebody uh to look at their screen and how you know to pay attention to what they're doing how are we going to do it? And the way you do that, I think, is by making things like this. Because like you just said, on a, on a Wednesday night on Instagram, fitness, powerful thing, Instagram, everybody sees it. Everybody views it. And you just kind of, it's like an advertisement for the masses mm. that you're forced to see because, not forced, like it's a bad thing, but every big name powerful that you follow is sharing it. And it kind of like reminds everyone that we're here. And it, it just invites you to join in and show you like the hype and, and allow you to take a chance for yourself and see if you actually like it as well. So it's, um, it's, it's very cool to do it that way because I think that's the, that's the way you sell on social media. You grab people's attention, but you, you deliver with the product. Mm, absolutely. Uh, another thing that you posted and I saw, which actually was interesting to me, you said, and this must've come from something you said, 110 is not a powerlifting product. And you said, uh, that it's for all different types of whatever, whether it be an SVD day or anaerobic, aerobic exercise, et cetera. Um, were you getting some, were some people starting to think that it was just a powerlifting pre-workout and that you were only targeting powerlifters and stuff? Or is that just something that you've always thought? No. So um, I, I always intended it for it to be a multifaceted, like, you know, whatever you're doing in the gym or athletic movement. Um, but because of the COVID's unique challenges, we had to focus on people that had home gyms. I mean, it, all of April to almost what, September, October, I had to, other than small pockets of areas that were open, I had to sell to people that actually had equipment. So I had to really go parallel thing. There was no bro lifters. There was no aesthetic guys. They weren't training or they were training underground. So as such, when we came out of this and we started doing this, people saw mainly powerlifters using it. And because people, most people know nothing about supplements, they assumed it was just a powerlifting supplement. Mm, okay, that um, that actually makes complete sense. I was wondering how it came to that point where people started thinking that. But yeah, I would imagine that it would have been mostly powerlifters that had home gym equipment. Or if not only powerlifters. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a bodybuilder with a home gym. That would be goals, honestly. I would love to have a shed in the backyard with like a rack, a power rack, and like four pieces of uh, equipment. But yeah, no, that was the, that was the unique challenge of the the uh, um, you know we didn't you know literally four days after the lockdowns is when I got the product, so I did not have an opportunity to sell to the masses. Nobody knew we existed because nobody was training. Um, but as such, I got enough people under it that it was almost like. Um, not like coming in the next day to the gym and all of a sudden everyone's wearing 110. You're like, what the hell is that? So it kind of blew up after, cause we planted the seed during this crisis. Um, and 
hopefully carry that momentum onward. Who knows what happens? Hopefully the lockdowns continue to, you know, um, end and as long as everything goes well and, and uh, we see continued success. Mm. What about your plans for this year? Because like, as you said, we've just sort of come out of what would be a terrible time for advertising, like you said. Um, what's the plan for the rest of the year? I have three more flavors I'm about to go into. No one knows about this, but I have three new flavors that are coming into production this week. Um, Black cherry, blueberry acai, and lychee apple. Um, So I'll have seven flavors. I have a nootropic uh, pre-workout I'm going to come out with that I have the the formula for that's going to go into production soon. I have an intra. I have two whey proteins, uh, two two whey protein flavors. um, And I have, I'm going to work on a higher stim version of the pre-workout. Did you, sorry, Um, did you just say that nobody knows about the new flavors? Yeah, well, people, I've I've spoken about it on Instagram, but I haven't announced it yet. I'll announce it in a few days. So you're okay. the first to be able yeah, to hear it on it. Sweet. <laughs> I, um, um, yeah, this will be up probably next week, so after you announce it. But yeah, it's still a cool... It's still... Well, well maybe I hold off. No, I'm, I'm still waiting. We're actually going to... We're making a video to promote it that I'm going to release right after too. So I'm waiting on that. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a fun year. Was ch- Being in the middle of a pandemic with only one product and two flavors in this industry was very difficult. So having more pro- uh, flavors... My goal this year is to uh, just continue to expand and, and grab a, a, a you know foothold in this industry and just deliver and find new customers. Did you and you said way as well? So you're actually coming out with because not to my knowledge you only have pre workout. Did you so say I, you come out with way as well? Yeah, so I have an intra uh, an intra workout um, and I have a way. My my philosophy is that there's a lot of things. So I just look at the industry and see what's missing or what I think I could do better. And and you know like the whey protein, I, I hate when I see a lot of these whey proteins that have no carbs or they're very low carbs. Make it taste good, but you know you're supposed to have it. And and I, I like even with the pre workout, I don't understand why people dry scoop. Like if you're forced to dr- take a product that tastes so bad, you have to dry scoop it. Like, it's just, it's silly. It's silly the way the, the industry has gone, but it's a way to make money because people have never really experienced that. So um, I definitely want, I have the whey protein. I have two flavors that I will come out with. I'm not sure when this year, um, the intro, the other variations of the pre-workout. So there's a lot coming. I want to be a full-fledged supplement company. I don't want to just be, you know, seven flavors of one product. Yeah, and like you just said, um, a thing I see all the time is, and I don't buy protein because just the flavors have just been so horrible in the past. Um but they have like, it'll be like no carbs. And so it's like, you know, I want to have this protein shake, but as a bigger dude, um, you know, I'm 110 kilos. So I need a lot of carbs, I need a lot of calories. So when we've got these low carb, low calorie protein shakes, yeah, it's, you know, it's cool for the, the 74 kilo dude who can only eat however many calories a day. But for me, it's just like, it would actually be an, it would slow me down to have a protein shake. It would actually physically slow down my macros for the rest of the day. So it's like, I don't know how you're going to do it, but it'd be nice to have a shake that wasn't a mass gainer because obviously I think they're stupid, but a protein shake that did have some like good source of carbs or good so source that, of some calories. That's my, it's, so, it's almost the thinking with the pre-workout. You see in the industry, zero calories. I don't know why they do it. I guess they think that people, it's almost like the companies don't know what people really want and they assume people want zero calories or that it's sexier or something. We have three or four grams of carbs in the, in the pre-workout. If that's a deal breaker for you, then I don't tell you, but you need, you need carbs for it to taste good and you need carbs anyway. If you're doing an hour and a half back and biceps routine and you can't afford to have 10 carbs, I, I don't know what to tell you, then the product's not for you. But I, I, that's why I really try to only make products that I, I see 
can be done and, and almost needed in the industry and not needed, but like a, just a different variation of what I see in the industry that I think that is missing. Mm-hmm. So um, the way protein is difficult because there aren't great margins and there's a lot of good companies out there, but we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and we'll see if, if people enjoy it. I certainly do. I mean, I would probably assume that you wouldn't have much trouble selling it because you s- seem to have quite a loyal, <clears throat> sorry, quite a loyal like following already. Um, and by the sounds of it, the products you have out right now are all sort of or all doing well and nothing really, you haven't really missed as such with anything. Um, but yeah, so protein and what, so what's the whole idea? Because I know a lot of people try to sell BCAAs and all obviously brands chain are all just nothing. It means nothing. So Thank you. what's the, what's the, the intra workout that you have and how did you avoid going down that line of just complete bullshit? BCAAs, etc. So I love that you, I was just about to say that the BCAAs and EAs are absolutely useless. If you're eating enough protein, you don't need it. They're not, they're not needed, but people seem to still take them. Um, I we're doing more. What does the muscle need? What is the, you know, calcium, magnesium, things like that. Um, a decent amount of, a, uh, of, um, salt in it, uh, sodium, um, electrolyte, a very good electrolyte profile. Um, a, a lot of carbs we're using, um, with the, uh, highly branched cyclic dextrin. Um, HBCD, which is a very, very, one of the best forms of carbs you can put into a, a product. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be really good. It's, it's what you need. If you need some, a boost in the middle of your workout without taking caffeine, this is a good thing for you. If you're an athlete, you need hydration. This is something that you can use. So it, it, it I don't need the bullshit EAAs or any of that stuff. So I think it's, yeah. a, it's, I think it's one of the things like if you're going to be serious enough of an athlete to have an intra workout thing, then you probably are serious enough, serious enough to have good nutrition. So it would be counterintuitive to eat good protein outside of the gym and then go in the gym and have BCAAs or eat even the essential ones because you already have them. So it's like, and I, I agree with all those other things that people I know from me, I know I'm missing on, out on some salt and magnesium and that stuff. I know I'm probably low in a lot of those different vitamins and those, some of those essential things in a diet. Um, so that actually sounds like something that would be good and i know a lot of powerlifters are probably just because of you know time or laziness or whatever it is for that they're probably missing out on some of those extra things like i had um shane nutt on here a few weeks ago with uh, jack and he was talking about like all those essential vitamins and stuff that people are probably missing on a daily basis um just out of the fact that they don't know or they don't know how to eat them or just ignorant whatever it is um so what did you say you're putting in in the intro workout i i don't have the formula uh in front of me but it's basically going to be a hydration um carbs because you a lot of, an intro should have carbs you should have some kind of fuel source you're, you're that's the point of a car you're, you're literally drinking the intro for that focus so it's that it's carbs a uh, great uh a hydration profile um electrolyte profile um a couple other like magnesium um, some, I don't want to go into the whole thing because I don't have it in front of me. Um, I, I should have grabbed it. Um, but it's going to be an answer to, um, cause exactly what you said. I, I don't, EAAs do not need to be in there. BCAAs, BCAAs do not need to be in there. And you have, um, for whatever reason, people believe the hype. Like I said before, um, supplements are meant to be something that you take when you're deficient, not just, you just take it. If it's you a supplement. 
it's yeah, but, it's, but that's it's it's sad that I don't know I don't know how it is in Australia, but in America, people just buy whatever. Like you you have in the palm of your hand something that can look up any fact, any study, and you can research anything, and you choose to look at cats and memes. Um, you don't know like nobody actually, <laughs> nobody actually uh, you know puts the time in, and I don't really respect that because you can absolutely look at a formula and say, wow, this is garbage, and it's not hard, to, it's not difficult to do. But people buy hook like hook line and sinker the 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 garbage that is you know, propagated by most of the industry. And it's sad because most pre-workouts are garbage. Most intras are EAAs, BCAs, things that you don't need. Um, you know, a lot of it is waste and you just don't need it. And uh, it's, it's, it's sad to see because it's not hard to be educated on it. It's sad. Like um, if you go, I don't know, like the supplement stores in America, uh, but if you go into a supplement store in Australia, there'll be some big juiced up bodybuilder behind the camera. <laughs> And he'll try to sell you whatever. So like I've been sold, you know, when I first started two, three years ago, I've been sold BCAAs. I've been sold uh, fat burners and told that they work and blah, 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 blah. And it's like looking back, you know, I don't even buy pre-workout now. I don't even, you know, I buy pre-workout every couple of months. So it's like I went from buying this bullshit that, you know, whatever I could have possibly done to help myself even though at the time, you know, I didn't know that it was just bullshit um, to the point where I only buy something if it really stands out. And so obviously just because of money, but also because you know, I look after my diet. So I don't, I'm not down 100 grams of protein uh, before bed and all that sort of stuff. So um, I lost where I was going with this story. But yeah, no, I um, a lot of that extra stuff and those other companies, you know, even if they have a good pre-workout, then I'll see that they've advertising a fat burner. And it's like, I lose respect because those guys making it and those bodybuilders selling it, they probably, I mean, I don't know how much, how intelligent some bodybuilders are, but they probably know that it doesn't work, you know? And and when people advertise for it, like um, the more mainstream fitness athletes, when they're advertising these fat burners, it's like, surely they know that it doesn't work and a thermogenic is impossible and it can't be done. Like, surely they know that. And they're just selling it and it makes me lose so much respect for those people because either they're too stupid to Google it or they know and they're just trying to trick the people that made them. Everyone that follows them, they made you. If you're like if you if you um if your career is dependent on social media, then your sixty, hundred thousand followers, you know, they made you. So when you turn around and sell them some bullshit, it's just like a slap in the face. And it's happened to me like trying to sell me some, like, not anyone that I still follow now, but, like, years ago. And, you know, they just turn around and, and, and you support them and you like their stuff and share it, whatever. And then they, you know, they're lucky enough, they get on some with on with some big company and then they turn around and try to sell you fucking whatever it is, you know, like some <laughs> rubbish supplement. Well, I mean, one, I don't think there's a lot of money in either apparel thing or really bodybuilding in the lower level. So these guys think that they, that's the next step for them. But it's funny, like you said, you see an advertiser with some shredded dude on steroids who's got like C4 in his hands, like as if that's what made you stronger. Like get the hell out of here. It's stupid. <laughs> and the sad thing is people fall for it. And it's like, mm. it, there needs to be a way to educate people on a, on a bigger scale because it's not rocket science. It's not that hard to know the basic ingredients to a successful diet. How many people do you know that just, blow through diets and they don't realize it's calorie deficit just eat high protein and watch what you eat but they just can't it's like a mental block and it's sad because you're wasting so much money monthly yearly 
that you don't need to waste. Cause like you said, if you eat healthy, you don't need most supplements. You don't need a fat burner. You right. don't need, you know, C- CLA or, you know, any of this stuff. It's, it's, I mean, you, there, there, there's, it's not hard to see what is needed, what is necessary. And, and if anything, to get your blood tested and find out what you're deficient in, it's, 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 it's almost pathetic. It's re- it's very weird that we, you know, I exist in an industry where most companies sell bullshit. Mm. No, my, my heart goes out to people like, um, bio lane and, and RPD Mike and all those guys on Instagram, like those big name nutritionists and dietitians, whatever they are, like they have a good understanding of like physiology and like how the body works and stuff. And they have to put up with people who still don't understand that it's just calories in calories out. And, and as someone like you, you understand nutrition. You obviously know about like the, how the body works and stuff. Um, and it must be frustrating to see people falling for these fads still. And like, even, um, if you go into like some of their pages, like any nutrition, big name nutritionist on Instagram, whatever they are, um, they'll still get some comments just like disagreeing with them. And just the craziest stuff about how this, oh no, this fat burner works because you know, go read this study, go read about this ingredient. it's like, I mean, he, this man's, he's got a degree. Like these guys have went through university college and all that. And, and, and some guy in the comments thinks he can wants to argue because he read us, he read some blog by fucking com or, you know, whatever, like it's insulting. And I just, um, it might, I feel so bad for them because I see it and I know, very little if not nothing about nutrition and even i see it and it frustrates me so those guys who went through all of that and they're trying their best to educate people and there's still those people who just can't um can't see that these big companies are just bullshitting them they're tricking them it's like big big mainstream companies they don't care about you it's like you're just a number and that's one of the things i admire about what you're doing it's like they're not numbers they're it's it's Alex the door to you. It's not just some dude or whatever. It's a whole, and like you said, it's an experience. It's you're being sold like a, how did you word it? Like an experience because yeah, when, it's an, it's when experience. you, when you go with a big company, they want you in and out of the door as fast as possible. They don't care what you buy. The big juiced up bodybuilder doesn't care that he sold me a 17 year old, a hundred dollars worth of BC double A's when I had no better idea. And it's like, you know, well, it's one of the things that I want to change. I want to uh, eventually, when I'm older and have more of an influence, I want to bring awareness to people who people who are getting into the sport. Because everywhere, you know, at the start, you make all those stupid mistakes. You PR every week. You pay for some cookie cutter program. You buy all this bullshit. I want to have that influence where it's like, no, like, here's what I did wrong. And, and I want you to have a better experience getting into it than I did. You can, I mean, you can do it now. You can, you definitely have an influence and you have the ability to change because there's so many, like you said, there's so many people out there that are arguing, like arguing against facts or, or trying to believe the stuff that, you know, is clearly fake. But as I said earlier about how you can look on your phone and, and research things, there's also a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of, you know, uh, believing something and just never giving it up. And, and for whatever reason, you know, people choose to ignore a calorie deficit and do 
things that just make no sense mm-hmm. and you're making it harder on yourself for no reason. So hope I'm with you. I, I hope we, I hope I can help change this industry and make it more small batch, more small companies that actually give, you know, give a shit about their, their customers, because it's not just about numbers. I'm never going to look at profit margins. I, I worked for somebody when I, when I worked for a gym that used to say that um, whenever we have a meeting about getting, getting more people, uh, uh, more customers, more clients, they would say that, Every person that walks in this gym has a dollar sign over their head. And I hated that because that's not true. People don't, have, you're not selling people on something they don't need. You're finding people that want the product that you can deliver and making them happy. So it's like these GNCs and these, the whole industry is, is, is just all screwed up because you have to limit how high quality, how high of a quality you have in your product just to get it on the shelves. When in fact, what you should do is exactly what I'm doing. Go through and care about the customer care about the experience, ask them feedback, ask them what you can do to make it better and just grow the brand. It's not difficult, but for whatever reason, it's just, it's not the easy way to do it. So nobody wants to do it. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say, I'm not like I'm a revolutionary. There's a lot of other good companies out there that I mm-hmm. you know, draw inspiration from as well. One of the other ones I see quite a bit is Gorilla Mind. I don't know what the story is with them. Is that a person or is that like a company? Um, as far as I know, it's, I guess, a bunch of ex-Gymshark athletes. Uh, just, I don't... Oh, they have a very big YouTube following. Um, Who is it? I, uh, more plates, more dates, I believe. Is it? Oh, him? of course. It might not be him. He might be just be affiliated with it, but it's all those guys. I don't know who. I don't. I don't know who owns it. Because um, ex Gymshark athletes. I'm, I don't know who's left. Gym yeah, Shark, I'm not but, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was. Um, because I see, I see, like Lex Little and stuff. They, they're on, um, Gorilla Mind or whatever. So I did assume that it was more mainstream because you know gymshark is more mainstream and stuff even if lex is a powerlifter but um yeah i do see i do see quite a bit is it is it a is it like because the way i see it in the powerlifting community it's you buying 110 percent or you're buying gorilla mine really well gorilla mine you can't i don't think you can use them uh, in in competition it's not legal i think uh, i don't so want to say i don't it wouldn't pass a drug test with it i don't believe it would have a drug test no I don't, they're more bodybuilders anyway. Those guys aren't powerlifters. Don't get me wrong. I don't think many of the Gymshark athletes are worried about passing a drug test anyway. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the, that's what pisses me off. It's the same thing where you have all these 16, 17, 18 year old kids that, that look up to them, but they're not even natural. And it's, it's, it's just, you no, know, I don't want to talk shit about the, the product. The product from what I've seen, it looks really good. It's just different than 110. It's more of a higher stim. Um, it's more of a, you know, no, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a pump agent. It's more of a bodybuilding, but they're, it, they have a very good marketing strategy. They have some of the biggest names on Instagram, on social media. So, um, good for them. The whole, I don't the really, whole, the whole thing with, um, the, and it's similar to the supplement thing is the, the fake natural. It's like you could talk and everyone's spoken about it for hours and hours, but it's the same thing. It's like that, that bodybuilder selling some bullshit product. It's that athlete who says they're natural selling some bullshit vision. And it's like, you can look like me too, just buy my whatever, six-week six at-home workout. But it's like, you know, uh, I really respect the guys like Dylan McKenna and, and who actually did come out and say, actually, no, hey, like, this is what I take and, and I have been taking it. I mean, I never believed that dude was natural because, I mean, David Lade is crazy. You put Dylan next to him and David looks small. I mean, there was yeah. no doubt he was... But whatever. Um, One of the things... Oh, now I've lost my train of thought. I was, oh, so with the whole influence thing, like that's why, um, and you said, you know, it is possible for someone like me to have an impact. That's sort of like the whole idea behind this podcast and whatever. Um, 
and 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 the opinions that I post an opinion every week after each episode I post like an opinion that I see so um recently you know I posted about I'm just going to pull one up uh about different things that annoy me that I see on Instagram and so I post about it and people disagree people so I get quite a few reposts and stuff like that so um you know I posted misconceptions about the squad or you know um and one of the things I posted recently was like stop the deadlift bar hate because you know diff- between different federations people start hating on the deadlift bar and it's like I mean at the end of the day we're all powerlifters and if you know that toxicity sort of environment that they, people have oh deadlift bar is easy or whatever like there's young guys who are trying to get into the sport and and we all want to see the sport grow it's like why don't just keep that to yourself you know people publicly comment oh but yeah you did it on a deadlift bar it's like yeah say it to your friends whatever like privately i don't like seeing someone's lift like discounted because they used it on a deadlift bar or because they're slightly heavier it's like you know leave like just leave it i mean i think we've created a a culture or at least on the internet where people are always going to talk shit there's always going to be people no matter what you're gonna have a hater you're gonna have somebody Mm -hmm. whether you pull it on a stiff bar where you put on a a deadlift bar you pull a hex bar there's always going to be somebody that hates on you for doing it and it's it's stupid um i agree with you it's if you pull 700 pounds it's impressive you know it's like there's certain things that are just impressive no matter what you're pulling on uh, you're still yanking the gra- uh, the weight off the ground so it's interesting how there's so much there seems to be beef between the two federations and they are so markedly different um but i also think that in order to become legitimate you need one to, to kind of win out because i it's i don't know i had someone ask me on a different uh, on a different like podcast if I thought uh, powerlifting would ever be legitimate, like a, a real sport, like Olympic sport, or like, you know, bigger than it is, then all the infighting, I feel like will stop it from ever becoming anything bigger. But who knows? One of the things that actually comes to mind, there's something I spoke about with Josh on, on last week's episode was the hybrid showdown. Um, I don't know how affiliated you are with people like Garrett Fear and all those guys who are going to be competing in that meet. Is there an option? Is there like an opportunity for you to, uh, get 110 the banners or you know supplements whatever to that event because i the way i see it like that would be huge because uh, and we spoke about how i think it's going to be really beneficial and influential in powerlifting because people like sean are swapping over and they're going to go and do this hybrid showdown there's guys swapping from the i don't know is it usapl to yeah. the uspa for this meet um i think it's going to it's going to show people that it's like that, I don't know what it is. It's like a superiority complex with the stiff bar. It's like, haha, yes, I pull on the stiff bar and, you know, whatever. I think when people see this meet and they see how well the USPA like set it up and um, the, the a- atmosphere, because, and this is what Josh said, he said, the IPF can be boring. Some of the meets can be just boring to watch. But when you go to an untested meet and you see, um, you know, like, Garrett and and all those in Dan Bell all those big boys like that's a whole other environment and I think I mean I think it's going to change there's going to be some lifters who see it and they go oh you know that actually was really cool and these guys who were in the US APL they really enjoyed swapping over to the USPA so maybe we'll maybe we'll go and just stay there you know like I know Sean's going to come back to try to beat Russ or whatever but I think there's going to be younger lifters who are influenced by people like Sean, people, you know, like Garrett, who are like, okay, well, maybe we'll copy them and maybe we'll just go over. Um, I, I don't know. That's my prediction for it. 
I mean, so I, I'm a USAPL lifter. Um, I do, I, as a vendor for the business, I do USPA and USAPL meets. And I'll be honest, USAP, USPA meets are very fun. There's a lot more, it's more of an atmosphere. USAPL, mm-hmm. a lot of the, a lot of, the, I hate to say it, but a lot of the, New Jersey has a good meet director, but a lot of the meet directors around here are just, they need to be get, like retired. You, you don't have the young, like we're all young. Our representative, we're not represented fairly with a lot of the meet directors in USAPL. A lot of them are older guys. And the, the meet directors on the East Coast for the USPA are very young. I mean, I'm going to be a vendor at uh, the Hoosier Cup at Garrett Fears uh, Indy City Barbell. Um, I'm doing mostly, I'm doing a, a, the tested uh, Nats for, uh, uh, for USPA. Like I'm doing a lot of those meets because you know what? As much as I like the USAPL, as much as, much as I call it home, um, it's the, the meets, they are very restrictive with the COVID uh, regulations, and everything like that. USPA is not. Uh, so I'm doing what's best for the business as well, but um, it's, it's, it definitely. So the way I look at it, the USAPL has been the de facto number one powerlifting, you know, federation for a long time. And let's be face it, it is a business and they've rested on their laurels. They've become stagnant. They haven't introduced new ideas, new innovations to for the, the you know, the apparel thing. And the USBA is coming along and taking a lot of lifters. And like you said, I won't be at the showdown. It's it's bucked up. I think I, I could possibly be a vendor, but bucked up a pre-workout or a supplement company uh, is the main vendor there. Um, but it is going to be a big meet and it'll be very interesting to see what the USAPL does and what these lifters do. Because if you have a mass exodus, it's not a big thing. As you said, it's heavily dependent on clout and people will join a federation based on what they perceive to be, you know, um, possible. And that could work against them if, because if, instead of the elitist attitude about the stiff bar, if everyone thinks it's easier to pull 750 on a, on a, on a, um, on a deadlift bar, they would come over to the USPA because that means they're pulling more weight. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's going to, it'll be very interesting to see what happens because the USAPL might actually respond and build better meets and have better opportunities. I went to a USAPL meet last year. They were playing Maroon 5. We're on deadlifts. What the hell? What what are you doing? It was like elevator music. And it's like, it's like, they're not, it's, I I had one friend that that got called on uh, Bulldog Grip, which is legal. Mm the meet director was in the front seat and allowed it to happen and still doesn't know this rule that has been changed. So you have older guys that aren't watching the sport and don't know what the youth wants. They don't know what we want. And the, 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 the major majority of the USAPL is young, not, you know, 55 years old or six years old. So I think there needs to be a changing the guard for some people and new ideas introduced. Um, but I think we'll see in the next few years, which one wins out. But it'll be very interesting. I think there's probably going to be some backlash where, you know, the USAPL go about banning, you know, the one year bans, whatever. They're gonna. I think they're gonna respond with hostility, and then when that isn't received well by anyone, because it's not going to be, then I think they're gonna have to take a step back and and like reassess their way of doing things, and then make the comparison to the USPA and it's like, Oh, what are they doing that we're not? And I think eventually, you know, within the next year or so, it's going to be this, uh, transition where the, the meets tend to look a little bit more similar, obviously not like Nats and worlds, but the local ones or the state ones, you know, where it's tends to be a bit more of a fun atmosphere. Cause you know, I, I lift in the deadlift bar federation that we have here, the APL, um, we're not affiliated with like any IPF, whatever. So we, we, uh, and just the atmosphere, you know, like lifting next to the untested guys, like I'm, I compete tested, but I lift near some of the untested dudes and it's fun. It's fun to watch them warm up. And because at the end of the day, like when you look at it on Instagram, it's like, oh yeah, he's, 
he's untested, whatever, scroll past, whatever, or, or, or it's discounted because, because they are untested. But then when you see one in person, and I say one like they're some mythical creature, when you see one of these big boys in person and they're warming up on the rack next to you and, and you're warming up, you know, benching whatever, and he's over there benching 190 for his last warm-up before he goes out, you know, it's a whole different atmosphere and it is, it is a lot of fun. It was fun to, you know, like I, I'm, I'm 6'3 and I felt tiny. I felt like a midget compared to some of these dudes uh, six months ago. Um, so not just like the way the meets are run, but just the untested side of it is quite a lot of fun. It's it's fun to be around. Not I don't compete untested, but it is fun to be in that, that different atmosphere. And it's so different coming from like a home gym to where you're by yourself, to like a meet where there's big dudes slapping each other or punching each other, whatever it is, you know? Um and I think, yeah, I think it's going to be eventual uh, transition away from the USAPL. I mean, I think that even if they don't, I think they have to make it. Okay. So I think a lot of times these meets are held, not that they're not, they shouldn't be held to rules and regulations, but they're too stiff. They're not fun. You need to make them fun. It's about the lifter at the end of the day. Yeah. It's about the Federation. It's about, you know, the, but it's about what people take away from it. It's still a product. You're still selling an experience. Like I was talking about before. So you have to sell one that people want to be a part of. And a lot of times it falls short. And I think that's one thing the USPA is, is excelling on it, I, I was just at a USP meet. They're very fun. There's a lot more, it's more lifter centric in a sense. So um, I don't think the USAPL will go anywhere, but we'll, there's, there's a lot of members, but you know, it'll be interesting to see, what shifts the, the the industry and see how many people really bleed over to the uh, USBA mm-hmm. and, and and if there's any other big feder you know federations that come out of this because who knows you know if the S- if the USAPL was to I don't think it would happen but if it was to implode or fall apart there'd be a lot I don't think USBA would take everyone there'd have to be more it would be it would need immense growth to be able to take on that so we'll see what happens in the next few years mm-hmm. especially because COVID messed up a lot of things too you know, a lot of meets that are postponed um, I think. And, and also USAPL, if whether it's the right call or not, because they have bigger restrictions on their meets, they're not holding as, as, as like, we'll see what happens at CNATS. I'll be at CNATS. I think they, Travis is a, good, a great meet director, so I think it'll be a good thing, but we'll see what happens because they're, they're playing the game differently. Um, so it'll be interesting. Mm. And I also like the aspect of um, the USPA where there seems to be more advertising and not that I'm, like you said, we're not fans of advertising, but... I like to see what brands are getting involved. And I like to see, because at the end of the day, that's what's going to grow the sport. It's not going to be the, you know, I like, I love watching Alex, but it's not, his TikToks aren't going to grow the sport. It's going to be these big companies that, um, that put in the effort and invest in the sport because as much as I love watching his transformations or whatever, it's, it might get views and stuff, but it's, it's not quite enough to grow the sport. And so, that's why I like, I would rather him go to your event or whatever. It's because we want to see these companies who are giving back, you know, you're a powerlifter and you're giving back. And, and I think one, and I'm not, I've obviously never been to a USPA meet, but from what I'm aware of, there's more advertising or there's more sponsors or like the event will have like a main sponsor. Well, I think it's more forward with the advertising. You have, like you said, you have more involved. You have multiple uh, people there. You'll have like the, the, the vendor tables are held differently. There's different, there's different aspects. And I think that with the USAPL, the local meets are good. I have no issue with that. You, you do, we do get enough advertising. There are main like advertisements for USAPL, but like the bigger ones, it's like, 
like the issue I have with how they have uh, standards on like, you know, you only have three or four companies that are, you're allowed to, you, you know, wear a singlet for in a competition. There's certain things that you just don't, that, that are silly that need to be taken away that USPA does better. So, um, but it, it definitely feels a lot more like an event when you're at a USPA meet. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a fun, like a, like a monster truck rally. It's not like a, it's not like you're at church. So it's, but USA football isn't that bad. I think that there's, there's things they could work on, but it's also, they're there for a reason. There's a reason that so many people are there, but if no, if Sean moves, goes over, if, if uh, Danielle does, if, you know, there's a, like I said, a max exodus, it'll be interesting to see how much power they gain and how, because, you know, if everyone starts going over, because the big move is they have tested and untested, like you said. And you know what, if you work hard, whether on steroids or not, I respect you. I, your choice to do steroids, as long as you're not lying about it, as you said earlier, if you're transparent about it, it's up to you. It's, it's your body. And there are people that are insane no matter what, you know, they're on. So it's interesting to see both those in the same, you know, in the same uh, federation instead of having to go somewhere else because all the other untested ones are a joke. The USPA is really the only serious, legitimate, untested federation. So yeah, um, other, from what I can see, the other ones, like the rules, like the judging, sorry, not the rules. The judging is horrible. Well, the, the squats are higher than the kid you were talking about earlier, the, the clout lifter. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, what You know what would be crazy to see is um, some of the guys like Aiden and Alex, they go over to the untested side and they go untested. That would be crazy to see because they're already insane lifters now. Nat- I mean, I know they wouldn't because they want to do stuff naturally, and but that would actually be crazy. Uh, and obviously, I don't encourage steroids or anything but um it does add a certain level of excitement like i said before dan bell like watching him you know i don't know what the aim is but it looks like he could squat 500 like with the training recently he did like a 450 speed rep or whatever it was like just crazy and and at the end of the day to me watching even if it's like a smaller squat say it's some big untested dude and he only squats like 350 that's still more impressive to me than the little 66 kilo dude squatting 250 or whatever it is like no hate on anyone but at the end of the day it's the more weight is usually more fun to watch and more impressive and to an outsider as well like you know my mind goes back to when sean and johnny wanted to change the bench press rules to help the sport as an outsider you don't care what does it mean to you like what does steroids mean to you You just see some dude deadlifting 450 kilos squatting 500 kilos whatever it's weight. You're just looking at this dude lift a heap of weight and it's entertaining to you. you. I don't think it really matters to people on the outside who's taking what. Like, because... I mean, oh, go on, I'm sorry. No, you're right. Um, I feel like you do... I, I feel like you're right. I think that, that there there is a, a big market for like the casual fan that will come in and be like, wow, that guy's squatting 900 pounds or, or you know, it is definitely inc- more incredible. But there are some, there are some very, I think with the 66s and the 74s and the, the, there is an, it's insane to see the development over the years because what was impressive a year ago is mm-hmm. not even a warm up weight for these guys. You know, Daniel Clements, a guy, a guy that's a one time athlete. It's insane what he's going to put up at, you know, at his next competition. It's very cool to see all the weight classes just, you know, blow up even untested. It's crazy to see the numbers a human can, you know, squat bench delve and it's continually rising. It's not even like it's plateauing, which is very interesting. So, um, I feel like the sport does have a bright future and there's the more people that get involved in it, the more public mainstream it is, the more potential it has. So mm. it's going to be very interesting. It's tough. I, um, I want the sport to grow and I want it to become bigger and whatever, but I don't want it to go mainstream in a way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, 
because there are certain things that come with being mainstream. So, for example, I think mainstream, I think like Gymshark. If we're talking mainstream, like training, we're talking Gymshark and stuff. And it's that, you know, with the controversy of like all the body positivity shit and like this and that. And it's like, I mean, my opinion on that is like your heart doesn't care about body positivity. At the end of the day, your arteries, they don't care if you're positive. If you're, if you're, you know, and that's whatever. I'll get canceled for saying that. But like, I feel like if powerlifting goes down that mainstream way, it's going to be like those sorts of things that like more political, I guess is what I'm trying to say, what I'm thinking. And it's already political enough. And then you bring in like more mainstream and it's just, I don't know. I can just see it going down, potentially going down a route where it's moving too quickly that it starts to move away from what the sport really is and gains traction with like, I mean, because some of the stuff that gets said in powerlifting, I'll see a story from some dude and I'm like, that shouldn't be, like, he should not be saying that, like, you know, funny stuff or whatever, but they're getting away with it because the sport's not that big. Right. Where if you if you said that, and if you're a big bodybuilder and you said some mean comment, you know, whatever, you, just, you would get ripped to shreds because the sport's big or whatever, but you can sort of get, and I'm not saying I support that stuff, but it's, there is certainly like a meme fun side of powerlifting where because the sport isn't that big people have the ability to make quite a few jokes and you know like i'll see something happen and then 10 minutes later i see a meme about it and it's fun like there's that there's that element of um edginess that i enjoy about the sport and i'm scared to for it to possibly lose that if it becomes too mainstream like do you do you get what i'm saying like does it make sense i think it's like living in a small town anything that happens everybody knows about so it's like it's so quick with instagram mm. some of these meme pages make things instantly and it, yeah. it's funny because it's accurate to us and it's almost like an inside joke it sucks like you said when when the mainstream comes in that's when i feel like issues happen because people don't understand they really don't get mm. it similar to like the bio link comments those are all people that don't get it that are outside of nutrition that are outside mm. of fitness it's not fitness people and that's what ultimately if we do get i mean i feel like every gym has a power there now i mean you have more people wearing these so it's big it's becoming bigger so We'll see what ends up happening. Um, but I think it's a, to be honest, if I had kids right now, I would let them wrestle and I'd let them powerlift because powerlifting is actually safe and you build, do build strength. So I think it's something that will be around for a long time. Mm. I don't think it'll go the route of gym shark. I don't think it's sexy enough for that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. we'll see if it's a, I also think it's not sexy enough of a sport in general. It's, it's performed. It's a static lift. I don't think it'll ever become as legitimate as anything mm. else. I don't think it has the potential of a baseball or, you know, anything like that. It just doesn't. Um, but it definitely is going to explode and continue growing. So um, it'll be interesting to see how far it goes. Mm. Yeah, like I know what you mean. Like even as a powerlifter, um, I used to run track and do field and stuff, not at a high level, but I'd still, you know, like the the Usain Bolt nine-second race still gives me like goosebumps and stuff, whereas I don't even think I've, you know, at all had that with powerlifting. So there's that element of like, and like you said, it's a static lift, whereas, you know, that race, that suspense, like that sort of stuff, um, you know, you, you get more time to put up suspense. It's a nine second race versus a two second lift. So, you know, yeah. and, and that's a, a sh- very short example. It could be like a football game, a baseball game, like you mentioned. Um, you don't really get the hype, the ability to get hyped because, and also because there's like the, the element that it's not a team sport. So there's not like the um, companionship as much as they would in another sport. But yeah, and like you said, I think I would hope it wouldn't go mainstream, but like I want to, I want to work in the sport. I want to be a physio. I want to be a coach. So I want, 
obviously I want to make a living out of it and not for the money, but I want to do this. I want to have my career in this sport and obviously be able to live and make money. So I want to, I want it to grow for that reason, but I want to see it grow because I love it. Not because I want to make money off it. Like I just want it to be something that people can invest in and, and give back to, you know, like people like Sean and Joey, like there's they're full-time coaches, but how many other full-time coaches are there? There's not like a, there's not a heap of them. Of course. I, I, I mean, I think, I think right now it's small enough that the people that are involved in it love it. So there's a lot of passion. There's like you said, there's a lot of genuine people that actually care and want to bring it forward. If it builds to a bigger, you know, people are casual, who knows where it goes. But I, I think that it's always going to be big enough to sustain some people, but small enough that, you know, it's not a, it, it's not a career for, I mean, for some of what you're doing, that's very, you definitely have a career ahead of you, whether it's parallel thing or beyond, but um, there's a lot of people that want to make a living in it. It's just too small of an industry. You know, there's very few select jobs you can really take in it. And hopefully in time, like, honestly, I think the next step, if you really want to make this a legitimate sport is finding a way to pay the judges, pay the, the spiders and loaders, pay everybody so that it's, and, and like fairly. So like, it's, it's more legitimate. Um, you'd have to have more meets in a sense, more people, you know, competing, but it's possible. I mean, who knows? Yeah. There's that whole, like people, like you just said, there are a lot of people who want to make a living in the sport. And especially like, like I said before, young kids just selling like some program and one comes to mind who I've spoken about before. It's like they're just selling it based on their accomplishments, based on their deadlift or their squat. And it's like, should you be selling that? Like, do you know about coaching? Do you know about programming? Or are you just um, are you just strong because your coach is giving you a good, like, because your coach is good and you're strong doesn't mean that you can write for other people. So there's like people who are up for quick, cash grabs and that sort of thing um whereas like what i've and one of the opinions that i posted on the podcast account and i'll read it to you it's um the importance of strength related degrees within strength coaching so that goes for any strength coaching whether it be weightlifting whatever it's important to have people in that industry who have degrees like i'm studying physiology uh, and so that's why I think I'll be a good coach eventually because I have that degree. I can interpret literature. I can, you know, you've got to have a good coach for every coach who doesn't know what they're doing. And so I think like, that's why I think the strength and obviously you don't need a degree to be a good coach, but like it is good to have people like that in the industry, like uh, the data-driven strength dudes. I don't know what degrees they have, but they're very intelligent with the graphs that they show and the literature and stuff. Um, and that's important to have to balance out all the bullshit on the other end. Yeah. I mean, I think that to be a coach, to be a successful coach, I think, or to at least promote growth in your, in your athletes is one part, uh, literature, you know, education and, and growing and, and learning more and one part personality and being able to communicate with your athletes. And, you know, there's some great coaches that know nothing. Like, I don't have a degree. I think my side is more the personality. I don't know as much as many, like Sean is my coach. I'm coached by uh, Sean Noriega. I don't know one, one millionth of what he knows, but I have the ability to communicate my athletes and be uh, provided support and uh, you know, knowledge in a different way. So I think that there's definitely different ways to become a good coach, but I agree with you that there are a lot of people out there. There's actually, I would argue it's similar to the supplement industry where nine times out of 10 for every Sean Noriega there is, or, you know, Marcellus or, or any of those guys, or there, there's guys that are like most of my athletes that come over, we're paying $160 to get in an Excel spreadsheet with no communication. It's crazy that people will pay for this stuff. You're paying almost you know, $1,200, $1,400, $1,600 a year 
for somebody to hand you a fucking piece of paper and not talk to you at all. I mean, it's crazy what people charge and get away with just because they can squat 600 pounds. And it's funny because in, in our industry, in, you know, in America, Michael Jordan would never be a good coach. You know, Ray Lewis, they say would never be a good coach because they were great. Just because you're great at something, you expect others to be that great. And you need to actually have a nuance and understanding of what you're asking. You can't just say, oh, these are my accomplishments. You know, mm. let me, uh, you know, coach you. It's, it's silly. And you see it a lot. And unfortunately, it doesn't get called out enough of, mm. you know, you don't see, you see a lot of toxic memes and shit like that, but you don't see people calling each other out when they're not good coaches or when they're doing something bad. Or when you know five of their athletes are injured because they're bad at, at you know, they're promoting bad habits or whatever. Um, and hopefully it weeds itself out. It usually does, but sad to see. Mm. It's one of the things I want to see change. Like as well, as long as this, as well as the sport growing, uh, decrease in like, like people just need to know their place a little bit more, you know, like, um, if you, if you're like you said, you personality, you know, like you're not sure Noriega and that sort of thing. So, um, and like you obviously are very grounded and from hearing you speak, you know where you're at. There's some people who are like, they, they think that they are Sean Noriega and they honestly believe that they can, did you say $120 for how long for coaching? Like you just mentioned like a, a price. Well, I'm sorry. My, my, like my like people that I've known, I've known people like one of my athletes that just came over to me was paying $160 a month and was essentially getting a spreadsheet with no communication with their coach with no no that's 210 australian dollars a month wow okay that's yes wow over 50 over 50 dollars a week that's insanely expensive that's what i'm saying is that people will pay money because they think that they're getting like they see the athlete and think i'm gonna become him because he's coaching me which is bullshit you could have a you could have a guy that squats 300 pounds teach you how to squat 600 it doesn't have to do with that Mm -hmm. So I think that people make the mistake. And again, like you had said before, the, the sport is still new. So it's still kind of finding it's, you know, it's, it's building and building exponentially and, and it needs to kind of like uh, weed out the people that don't deserve to be there, but there are a lot out there and it's, it's sad. I mean, there's a lot of people that claim to be good or, you know, they ride their own clout and they don't communicate. They don't talk to their athletes. They don't program effectively. They don't ask how things are going. They don't, you know, plan for external circumstances. Um, it's insane. People mm. see money, they see a way to make money and they think, oh, I can do that. And they just do it and, and they get away with it. And it's, it's, mm. it's sad. My first two years of coaching, I did it for free. I told myself that I would wait until one of my athletes told me he was going to pay me. And it's happened. One of my athletes said, I think you deserve to get paid. I can't do this for free anymore. And that told me that what I was doing was providing enough of a value that it deserved to get to, 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 you know, get paid. And I started charging. It's, it's not, people see the Sean Noriega's or the guys that are making like $200 a month doing it and go, Oh, I want to make $200 a month. And it's like, you don't fucking deserve $20 a month. You need to learn how to do it first and make the mistakes first. And I think that's, uh, you know, a microcosm of our society where people want things because they see it, but they don't realize the hard work that goes into like the people that ask me for free pre-workout. And it's like, what I put $150,000 in this company, my life savings. Why do you deserve free? Why do you, why do you deserve anything? You didn't do anything to help. You didn't do anything to, to bring it. So I think people want things. They see a coach that's like that squats 600 pounds. And they're like, okay, I'm going to do that. And it's like, are you? Cause it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not easy. People ask you for free pre-workout. Oh, people do it all the time. They, what can I, can I get a free, th- they say that to you. I'll get DMs. I'll get DMs on 110. I'll get DMs on my own page that people, most people aren't that forward, but there are people that say like, you know, 
Oh, I could, I could send me a, send me a free tub of pre-workout. I'll advertise it for you. Uh, and I'll get you some sales. And it's like, no, why the fuck would I do? Why would I do that? What, what do you, like, can you imagine walking into like a, a dealership and being like, can that Mercedes? Give me that Mercedes. For free. I'll, I'll drive it around. around. Yeah. Five sales. It's like, how dare you? But people don't, they don't know any better. So I, I it's the same as, like I said before, if I get a hundred people that say, I want to represent the brand, instead of saying no, the first thing I ask is, have you ever tried the product? And more times than not, they say no. So the fact that you DM me and said, I love the product, I love the vision, and you've never tried it shows me that you're dis disingenuous and you mm. don't deserve to, to carry the product. It's not worth it. So it's, mm. it's, it is crazy how many people just ask for free stuff all the time. And I get it. You think I'm a big company. I'm not. I appreciate it, mm. but I'm not. I'm, I'm one guy. And it, it, it honestly does come off a little bit like that you are like – the, after this conversation that we've had, I realized how it really did start from just you making whatever off the internet. But it does, like if you had to come across it and, and we've spoken already before, but if you had to come across 110, you might think, oh, it's some big company, you know, I can DM and just ask for pre with nothing in return and that sort of thing. Like it, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but it, I'm sure people do DM like, I mean... How do you, how many DMs do you think Gymshark gets? A Thousands, day, you know, a day, and it's like, so yeah, uh, it, in in a good way, it comes across as a real like big brand, but really, it's it's you and a, and a small team. So, um, and that's it's a good illusion to have. Like, you're obviously doing something right if people think that you are this big company uh, with with production. Yeah. So that's the thing is that it's, it's funny. I used to get mad at these people, but it actually makes me kind of feel proud because we're generating such a momentum that people are asking to be a part of it. I mean, like the fact that someone goes out of their way to say, I'm going to DM him and ask him if I can have a free product. It tells me that they want it. They don't want to pay for it. I'm not going to give it to them, but um, they, you know, it, it, I am grateful for that because in a span of a year, in the middle of a pandemic, we built something that is inconceivable. I couldn't get a loan for any of this. I got laughed at people. You're going to make a pre-workout. No, you're not like there's uh, 300 other ones. Like go become a, go become an athlete for one of them. Get sponsored. That's the way to do it. No, it, it's, it's, you know, it's crazy. How many people, like if you have a dream, make that dream happen. Don't ask to be like, I would never want a free handout and to become a millionaire because someone decided I was like, cool. And just gave it to me. So it's interesting how people ask for that stuff. Mm. Um, but I, it, it does show that we've built an incredible, uh, atmosphere. So I'm just trying to capitalize on, on that, but also do the right thing for everybody. So mm. it was um really good to hear about like the way that you started it up. Cause it's always, I always wonder like, Oh, where do these companies come from? And, and, and I, you make assumptions and stuff, but that really was like, and people say humble beginnings and stuff, but it really was. And, and you sort of, like you said, went from just making up your own product to now every powerlifter wants to, wants to have 110 discount code or whatever it is and and so yeah that is actually really it's really cool to hear that it's 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 I, it's still like surreal it, i don't believe that like sometimes like uh, when your favorite team wins a championship you don't feel it for a day or two like i don't it, it's 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 amazing and people tell me that i'm inspiration or this or that and it's it's hard to hear because i never i wanted this to happen i never expected this to take 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 so much uh um, of a of a market share or almost like uh um everybody knows who we are and it's cool because as we build out a parallel thing and into the entire fitness community it'll be cool to see what kind of change we can make mm, absolutely man. and i and i want to see it grow as well like like i said i still haven't had the chance to get my hands on some but um i want to see you know i love to see it i love to see um 
like a one man army sort of thing like you have going on where you're you built it you didn't get some wasn't dad's money or whatever it was like you worked for it and you made it it wasn't some dude who just has money already like it was like honestly humble and and that sort of startup stuff i, I enjoy seeing um but yeah and of the best of luck to you with the growth in the future i'm keen to see uh the new products i'm cool i'm glad that you announced the new flavors on here um if you want to let me know when you're gonna um release them because if you haven't released them yet i'll be like kevin announced his new whatever on my podcast whatever but yeah just uh let me know i'll probably i will probably announce them on on this this monday most likely i'll probably wait a little bit but i'll let you know because that'd be cool because i i want people to know it'd be cool to to give you that chance to to announce it um but i appreciate you having me on man it's always it's always it's always hard to have a zoom conversation i wish like we could be in person it's Mm. always it's always so difficult but it's cool to connect with somebody so far away and um kind of just have a conversation. So I really appreciate it, man. No, I wish you the best of luck. I yeah. hope that this uh, goes well for you. Awesome. Thank you very much, man. And and I'll and I'll speak to you soon. I'll um what day? DM me. I'll um yeah, I'll DM you, but I'll uh, probably put this out. I mean if you're gonna announce it Monday, I'll put it out after that on Monday. Or whatever. But okay, cool. yeah. Um cool. I'll, I'll message you. But yeah, thanks for thanks heaps for coming on. I love I loved hearing about hundred and ten. It's um it was better than again, better uh, more inspirational beginning than I even imagine before I had you on. Message me. I want to get some product in your hand too. I want to get you some. Very, very kind of you. Thanks, man. Thank you for coming on. You too, man. Have a good night. You too.